many gods is called a sin, idolatry. And that means they're worshiping the devil through these lies to believe in these kinds of beings. But they really don't exist. It's a trick of El Diablo because the devil's a liar. Okay? So there isn't a, a god up there, because I've been to India three times, called Ganesh, half elephant, half man. There's not another god up there called Allah. There is one god. This is the god of all creation. Y'all listening, right? That's the foundation of our Bible. But as we read that Bible, we see that that one God reveals himself in three persons. And that's not just the New Testament when Jesus comes. We see it at the baptism, Father speaking, Jesus being baptized, Holy Spirit coming down like a dove. We see it in the baptismal formula, baptize them in the name, singular, not names, plural, singular name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One name, God, one name, Yahweh, for the Old Testament name for God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Y'all get that? Okay, and then the third foundation is that we learn they're all equal. The Father is not above the Son in his nature. The Father may have a different role than the Son, but does not have a different nature. Let me give you the example. My wife and I both have the same nature. We're humans, but in the house, she submits to me and lets me be the head. I then serve her as my bride, and we work together in that role. Even our children submit to us, but they are still humans in nature. Did you all get that? I am the same nature of my wife, but we have different roles. My children are the same nature of us as parents, but have different roles. Yes, the Son and the Spirit serve and come forth from the Father, but they are the same in nature to the Father. Can I get an amen? Here's this chart that I wanted to show you. It's very helpful. I remade it, but it's been around for a long time. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. But the Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Y'all get that? There is a helpful chart for you. When we look to the very beginning, when we were made in God's image, we were made in a plural image, male and female with children. That is mankind. Adam's name is Adam, but in Hebrew, Adam also means mankind. So God not only created Adam, a guy named Adam, but he created mankind, Adam, in his image. Are you listening? Y'all getting that? Listen to Genesis 1, 26 through 28 with some helpful commentary. God the Father said, let us, the Trinity, make mankind in our image, three persons sharing one nature, the God nature, in our likeness, complex unity, the tri-personal unity of God. So God the Son created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, the Trinity, he, Jesus, created them, male and female, two persons. Do you see that? God made us in his image, and all of a sudden, two people come out. If God was a singular unity of person, it would only have been one person. But when he made us, he made us in his image. Two people come out, and then what does he say? God the Son blessed them and said, be fruitful, multiply, and increase in number. That's the third person. Male, female, children. 
representing a complex unity of mankind. Now, some people like to say father in a home means father God. Son in the home means Jesus. So that means the Holy Spirit's the wife. Uh, Another heresy. It just shows complex unity. God is complex in his divine race, and when he makes the human race, he makes it complex. Man, woman, child, father, son, spirit. Can I get an amen? Now, going back to Paul, we need to look at what he means by these things. So let us understand how Paul looked at the Trinity. He is a Jewish follower of Jesus. That means his lineage goes back to the Jewish Bible. Look at it here on the screen, Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is what? One. Are there three gods? Are there three lords? No, one God, one Lord. This is what they called the Shema. This is what the Israeli people still say to this day. This is their confession of faith. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, the Lord thy God is one. Paul understood this. Now go back in your mind to that passage we read, Genesis, uh, Ephesians 1, verse 2. Grace and peace from God our Father and who? The Lord Jesus Christ. What two titles do you see Paul use in Ephesians 1, 2 that you see in Deuteronomy 6, 4? Lord and what else? God. He is going to share with you the Father and the Son through the Shema. He is a Jewish believer, and he's going to say to them, I'm going to give the title of God to the Father. I'm going to give the title of Lord, Yahweh, to Jesus. Woo, snap. God and Lord. When Paul wrote, he was inspired of the Holy Spirit. These are not accidental words. These are not just his best ideas. The scriptures that we have are the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. They are chosen with purpose and meaning. So every time he refers to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, he does it with a purpose. Look at it with Ephesians 1-2. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Here he is in another letter to the Corinthians. He says, even though there are many so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as deep as indeed there are many gods and many lords. Now, why is he saying that? Does he believe in polytheism? No, he's saying this is what the pagans say. Pagans now look at their divinities in two categories, gods and lords. Now, what is he going to teach us? He's going to tell us as a Christian from the Jewish Shema, who is our God and who is our what? Are y'all keeping up today? I'm happy. All right. It says, yet for us, there is one God, the Father from whom all things came. Okay, so all things came from who? God the Father, right? From whom we live. How do we have the ability to live? Through God the Father. And there is but what one Lord. Who is that one Lord? Jesus Christ, from whom all things came. Hold on, I thought thought God the Father said all, I thought all things came through him. Hold on, we have a contradiction here? No, he's using that Jewish Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God, the Yahweh, who is your Elohim, is one. Now, Paul says, I'll tell you, Elohim is Father. Yahweh is Jesus. 
all of them sharing the same, both of them sharing the same nature, the same ability to create all things. Listen to it again. Yet for us, there's but one God, the Father, from whom all things came, from whom we live. There's but one Lord, Jesus Christ, from whom all things came and through whom we live. The same exact descriptions are repeated for both persons. Is Paul a polytheist? Is he now dividing the persons of God, saying there's now two gods? No, he is using the titles of the Shema and applying them to the persons of the Father and the Son. Isn't that beautiful? Now look at him add the Holy Spirit into the mix. This is where there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because a Holy Ghost party don't. See, he's not going to forget about the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, you see the Holy Spirit in creation. God is speaking the word through Jesus, and the Holy Spirit is the one forming the waters and the earth, those different things. As it says, God spoke, and the Spirit did. Father, word, Spirit. Look at Ephesians 1.17. In his prayer, look at now how it gets personal for you. Because some of you are just bored. It's like, oh, we're just learning about God today. I thought we were talking about my marriage, and I can learn how to be a better husband. That's how husbands talk. I'm just so bored. Talking about God. I'm talking about God today. I don't want to talk about God, right? Somehow we get bored talking about God. But God is who created us, and we should know who He is, amen? And we should spend time reading our word and worshiping Him. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise God. Amen. Woo! We love Jesus. Through him, we get to know the Father and experience the Spirit. Now look at the prayer, Ephesians 1.17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Now right here, people get confused, and they say, since Jesus has a God, that means Jesus cannot be God. But according to Paul, in the theology of the Bible, God in the relationship in the Trinity is simply the Father. And yes, Jesus has a Father. Jesus is not an atheist. Jesus is not by himself. He respects and honors the Father and always has. Before he ever came into the earth as a man, he has always been the Son, and the Father has always been the Father. This is an eternal relationship that they have shared. The Holy Spirit has always honored the Father and the Son. That's why the Father and the Son send the Spirit to be with us on the earth. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God that brings us the persons of God, the Father and the Son. Are you listening? So don't get confused when it says that Jesus has a God. Yes, Jesus has a Father, but Jesus is equal to his Father. But notice that Paul prays this way. Do you pray through the Trinity? Do you pray the way that Jesus prayed? Jesus taught us to pray to the Father in his name by the power of the Spirit. Listen to how Paul's telling you to pray to God the Father through Jesus so that the Spirit can give you wisdom and revelation. And what is the number one prayer request that Paul has for us? That we'll win the lottery, have more money, 
peace and goodwill towards men. Some of these things are good, right? But what does he actually pray? He prays that you may know him better. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time you prayed to know God better? When was the last time your heart's desire was to know the Father, the Son, and the Spirit? You said, this is my heart, O God, that I may know you and love you. That's a a concept of the Trinity that touches our lives. Father, may I know your Son who died for me through the Holy Spirit who is with me now. Look at it again as he brings the Trinity into practical use. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. And by the way, even if the Trinity wasn't easy to understand, it would be worth taking time to understand, wouldn't it? Some things in life may take a bit of time for you to understand, but it's worth it. If you're going to apply your mind to anything, apply your mind to the things of God. Listen to it here. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household. Why is this important? Jewish people used to be the only ones that could hang out with the God of creation. Now through Jesus, the whole world is given entryway to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Jews, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the cornerstone. Now watch this. In him, everybody say in him. That's the name of our sermon series. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Now look at verse 22. Let me just see if I can highlight it here. And in him, who is the him there? Jesus. And in Jesus, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives. And how does God live in us? By the, by his spirit. Woo, come on somebody. So God the Father sent God the Son to die for our sins so that God the Spirit could live in us. Did you wake up this morning and welcome the Holy Spirit into your day? Almost every single day I do that as a habit, just to acknowledge that he is there with me. And I say it as I was taught back in Bible college. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Let's go. Good morning, Holy Spirit. You're with me today. Father, through Jesus, the Holy Spirit is here. I can do all things through you that's in me today. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Those are the revelations that Paul is giving his people. Now, I know some of you today may feel intimidated by this kind of knowledge, but remember that the book of Ephesians is written to people who just months earlier were pagans worshiping goddesses, practicing temple prostitution, and were wild party animals like those who go to Mardi Gras. Do you think they're any better than you? No, if they could understand how to pray and have a relationship with God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, so can you. Let's keep going. Now, remember in Ephesians 1, Paul prays that prayer, that you may know God more. Well, I love Paul. He might be partly Polish here, because I grew up Polish, and how I knew I was Polish is my dad repeated everything two and three times, and uh, that's how we learned in the Polish family. 
It's, it's a way of repeating to you get it. And here now Paul says, guys, I, I told you I got a prayer for you in Ephesians 1, but I got another prayer for you in Ephesians 3. And let's see if it's any different. I bet you it's about the same. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his, through his what? His spirit in your inner being so that what? Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Sounds very similar. The other one, he just simply says, I pray that you'll get to know him better. Now in this passage here, he says that I pray that you will be rooted and grounded in love. God is love. So the more that I get to know him, the more that I experience his love. He teaches us to pray to God the Father through Jesus and experience the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 1, 17. He then tells us the same exact process, and I'm sorry that it's sticking a little bit today. Gentlemen, if you could help me maybe by just removing the mouse, putting it to the side, maybe it's stuck somewhere. Thank you. Ephesians 3, 14, he teaches us that same process. Pray to the Father through Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will dwell in your inner being. How many experience the Holy Spirit every day? If you're not, you can How do you experience the Holy Spirit? Well, just go to a simple scripture like John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, who is God referring to there? The Father, that he sent his only begotten Son. Who is the Son referring to there? Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. Who gives us that life? The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of life. So all you have to do is believe that the Father sent Jesus to die for you and you'll experience spiritual life. Look at it again in Ephesians 4, verses 4 and onward. There is one body and one spirit. And the body that it's talking about there is the body of Christ, the church. One spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called one Lord. How many lords are there? One Lord. Who is the Lord? Jesus. One faith. One baptism. One God and Father over all, who is over all and through all and in all. Now, sometimes people may want to get slick, and they'll say, well, if the Father is God, and that says that clearly, then Jesus being Lord must be something other than God. The substance must be different. And so there's a cult like the Jehovah Witnesses that say, God the Father created a Lord called Jesus, and he's kind of a demigod. He's a lesser God. He's kind of like the God that can kick the other God's butt, but he's not as big as his main God, as the God who created him. But that's a problem. Because when we go back to the Shema, we hear there's only one God, one Lord. And so now if people like the Jehovah Witnesses, who misuse the name Jehovah, it's actually Yahweh Witnesses, because that's the name in the Old Testament. If they say that Jesus is Lord and there's only one Lord, but that's not the title for God, now we have a problem for all the times that God in the Old Testament is called Lord. God is called Yahweh all throughout the Bible. So what does that mean? It must mean that Lord and Yahweh share the same nature. Because if you try to say that Jesus is not God because he's not called God, but he's called Lord, and Lord means something other than God, you go back to the Old Testament and talk to that God about it because he says, there's only one God, and I am the Lord, and I am Yahweh, and I am all-powerful. That God ain't playing games. So if you are true to the Bible, there is only one God. Now you're left with what we had from the very beginning, 
multiple persons having the equality of God. The Father, fully God. The Son, fully God. Jesus, we know, is the Son and the Holy Spirit, fully God. Can I hear an amen? Just see it here quickly with me in John chapter 1, verse 1, and then a few other places from Paul. Here in the Gospels, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God. Now who is he with? Who is the Word with there? The Father. And the Word was God. How do I know that God there refers to the Father? Because all I have to do now is go to verse 18, and it tells me that the Father sends the Son. Look at it in verse 18. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father has made him known. Oh, is there two gods? No one has ever seen God, but we've seen God. Where's the contradiction? When you try to make the gods separate. But when you say that they're separate persons but the same God, now the contradiction goes away. No one has ever seen God the Father. Who did Moses see on the mountain? God. Did he see God the Father or God the Son? God the Son who's in closest relationship with the Father. Who did Gideon see? He saw God, but no one's seen God the Father, so who did he see? God the Son. Abraham, Genesis 18, meets with Yahweh, eats a meal with him. Two angels then judge Sodom and Gomorrah. I thought nobody had ever seen God. Who did they not see? God the Father. Who did they see? God the Son who is in closest relationship with the Father. When you look at Paul's teachings, you see this come through over and over again. Look at it quickly, Philippians 2, 9 and onward. Therefore God the Father exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name. That at the name of Jesus, what name is everybody going to bow down to? Jesus. Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is what? Lord, and we know that to mean Jesus Christ is Yahweh, the God of creation, to the glory of God the Father. Now somebody says, Pastor, I don't know if I believe that. Well, all I have to do is go, Paul, where did you get the idea that people would bow down before Jesus? He's going to say, well, I'm a great Jew. I have the Old Testament prophets. I'll show you who they're bowing down to, and I'll show you that it's Jesus. Look at Isaiah 45. Turn to me and be saved, all ye ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is no other. How many gods are there? Just one. Is there any others? No, by myself I have sworn. My mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that can't be revoked. Because Can it ever be changed? Can God ever create another God? He says, I'm the only one. Can't be changed. Before me, he says, every knee will bow. Woo! Can't ever be another God. He says, I'm the only one. And now he says, before me, every knee will bow. And every tongue will swear, they will say of me, in the Lord, in Yahweh alone is deliverance and strength. Paul, you said everybody bows before Jesus, says his name is Lord. Two gods? No, same God, different person. Father is preparing the way for the son, is he not? One more before we roll out of here. How many happy to be in church today? Paul says this in Romans 10, 13. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And who's the name of the Lord that everybody has to call on to be saved? What's his name? That's awesome. We know that. Read Romans 10. It's all about Jesus. But where did he get that from, Paul? Where would you get that from? Oh, Joel 2, 32, the prophet of the Old Testament who says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, Yahweh, will be saved. So does Lord for Jesus just mean landlord, 
boss? No. Is he one of many lowercase lords? No. Jesus is the Yahweh of the Old Testament, equal with the Father, the one that we will all bow down to one day. And I pray you do it today. Can I get an amen for that? Let's stand to our feet. Let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, give it up for Jesus today. Amen. I want to put this in a practical application because I believe as you go through the notes, you'll see I have some extra goodies, and I talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit. But I want you to see the practical application in closing today with Ephesians 1.17 as it just scrolls right by us. Please, come back. Come back. When we look to this passage, this prayer, I really believe, and there it goes, I'm not going to touch it. Will you just do it with your mouse back there? I know it will work eventually. I want to know God. I want to know him for who he is. I don't want to make an idol of God to look like me. And that's what the other religions really do. They make God out to be like them. And then when that God fails or doesn't perform a certain duty, they say, now there's no God. And that's why today, in all honesty, is why so many people disbelieve in God, is because their God is an image of man. Sometimes they call this God the God of the gaps, that uh, if science can't explain it, that means God did it. Well, eventually we explain something, and then now where does that God go? He disappears. Don't understand lightning. Okay, God's up there doing something. Now we understand lightning. Okay, must we know God of lightning? Vinny, would you come, please? And, and what happens is we forget, especially as Christians, because I've seen a lot of Christians do this, that God made us in his image as a complex unity, but more important than just saying that big, deep word, complex unity, complex unity made for relationship. And so we don't take the time to get to know him. See, he made me to know my wife and my children. I'm not just an animal. I'm not just a creature of instinct. He made me to know him, Father, Son, and Spirit. Do you get that? You were made to know people in humanity. But more important than that, you were made to know the persons of divinity. I wish some of y'all would get that today. Some of you single people want to know a woman. You want to know a man. You want to know what it's like to have babies. You want to know somebody. But God made you to know more than humanity, to know the persons of divinity. You were made a spiritual being so that you and the Holy Spirit could commune together. You were made in the image of Jesus. That's why Jesus came down as a man, not as a dog, because you were already made like him. So we look at him and we go, you kind of look like us. And he's like, Jack, you look like me. <laughs> I'm the one that made you like this. Do you understand? He made us for relationship. And the Father is the one that had the authority to enact the plan. When you read the Genesis account, it, it seems like the Father's talking to people. Let's make man in our image. Let's go down to them. He's literally talking like that. Why? Because you're made for relationship. So let's just close our eyes before we go. Please, band, altar workers, come. Would you just take a deep breath and just ask the Lord to reveal himself to you today? 
You may be a little bit confused. Who do I start with? It's very simple. You pray to the Father in Jesus' name, your Savior, the Savior of the world, and ask the Holy Spirit to come. So right now, just start to pray. Say, Father, I want to know you through Jesus and the Holy Spirit in my spirit. Come live inside of me through Jesus by the Holy Spirit. When you remember the Our Father, doesn't it make sense now? We're praying to the Father. All prayers directed to the Father in Jesus' name. And so is it wrong to pray directly to Jesus? No, because Jesus said that when you're praying to him, it does go to the Father. But if you want to just start getting deeper in your relationship, understand that Jesus is the mediator between you and the Father. That's why you don't need a priest or anybody else, even a pastor, to have a relationship with God. Right now, every head bowed and eyes closed, do you know God? If you don't, come to Jesus right now and ask for the forgiveness of your sins. You need to be forgiven. You need a way to come close to the Father. That way is made by the Holy Spirit. Those of you who are saved, thank the Lord. Thank Him. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sins. Thank the Father for sending the Son. Thank the Spirit for living in you. And now those of us who love Jesus, we're serving God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. Pray that you would know him better in your family. Start there. On your job, move to your career and start seeing how the relationship works. You live for Jesus on your job. You live for Jesus with your wife and kids or husband, your spouse. Children, you obey your parents because this is right to do unto Jesus. You honor your Savior by keeping his commands. Jesus said it clearly. If you love me, you'll do what I say. You'll keep my commands. A few more moments. We're praying for those who need forgiveness of sins, for those who are asking the Lord to change their life, and for those who know they're saved to know God better in their everyday life. A few more moments, then we'll close out in singing today. I thank you, Jesus, for revealing to us the Father. Now we know him. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. I thank you, Jesus, that you sent the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came in the name of Jesus to strengthen our lives today, to help us to live according to the will of God. A few more moments. Any commands today you struggle with, pray to the Father in Jesus' name for the power of the Spirit to obey God in all that you do. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that all the men here would live pure, holy lives, free from lust and perversion. God, I pray that all the marriages here, God, would be free from bitterness and unforgiveness, and that, Lord, you would teach each couple here self-sacrificing love. Lord, I pray for all children to love and obey their parents and for parents to love and serve their children. Lord, I pray for our city in the name of Jesus 
that we would see violence in. Come on, anybody want to pray to God to do something mighty in our city? Lord, we pray for the violence to end. We pray for the corruption to leave. We come to you in Jesus' name. Let's prepare to sing this song, I Believe in You. The promised Holy Spirit, when I believed. Would you sing it out before we dismiss today? When I believed, I was healed. The promised Holy Spirit, when I believed, Who did you believe in? You believed in Jesus, right? His death, burial, and resurrection. When you did that, the Father healed you. He sealed you by the Holy Spirit. One more time. One more time when I believe. When I believe, I was healed by the promised Holy Spirit. When I believe, I was sealed. Amen. Lord, I pray right now that we would live for you, honor the Father and obey the Holy Spirit as he leads and guides us, that, Jesus, we would be your disciples in our everyday life, learning more about you and loving you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Let's give it up for Jesus. God bless you. Slap your neighbor high five. Have a wonderful week. You're dismissed. If you need prayer, come on up. Otherwise, we'll see you at life groups. God bless you as you go.